Alexa Philippou, tell us where you were at on the night of February 2nd. I was at Stanford University, my alma mater, and went to go see Stanford take on the visiting USC Trojans. Tonight, a top 15 matchup as the number four Cardinal. Welcome the 15th ranked woman of Troy. And we- I went thinking maybe Stanford was favored to win. Stanford obviously is a perennial power in the Pac-12 and USC was coming off a really tough stretch themselves. And instead, I saw history. Watkins will try to answer. Retaliation is a must. Juju Watkins, the star phenom from USC, went on a tear. Watkins from the free throw line. Juju Watkins. The score was tied at the half. She came out and in the third quarter scored 12 straight points for USC. Juju attacking baseline. Try to body her. She just kind of gives you a little push off. She had this transition three at this one point that put the Trojans up by eight midway through the third. Murmurs here inside of Maple Pavilion. Watkins pull up the Get out of town. Juju And at that point, the Stanford crowd was just ooing and aahing at her. They've witnessed the Juju Watkins show for the majority of this night. Watkins tries a three. She silences the crowd. They didn't care that she was on the other team, that Stanford was now down and looking like they were going to lose the game. They just knew that they were seeing greatness. 50 piece for Watkins. And with that, she sets the USC record for most points in the game. What a night. What an upset. And what an important victory for USC. By the end of the game, Juju's final stat line was 51 points. She scored 76% of USC's points, which is the highest percentage scored by a player in the past 25 seasons of D1 college basketball. How about that? I'm, I'm still shaking. It was a great game. I'm just glad that uh, we got the dub. I think uh, winning is what matters most. And of course, I had a great night, but my team has had a great night as well. So the fact that- And it was just crazy when you thought about the fact that this was a performance at Stanford against the sports all-time winningest coach in Tara Vanderveer. And when asked if it was the best freshman performance that she'd seen, Vanderveer said, I think it probably goes right up there at the top. I think it probably goes right up there at the top. Yep. She's, um, she's very talented. I think what was incredible about that moment was it felt like a microcosm of what's to come. That Juju Watkins is going to be doing this stuff, not just in the Pac-12 the rest of the season, but for USC, the next three years beyond this one and long term in the WNBA. This is not the last we're seeing of her. And boy, oh boy, you better know who she is if you don't already. There are more household names in women's basketball than ever before. And another star is shooting her way to the very top of the list. USC's freshman phenom Juju Watkins has been turning heads since the moment the season tipped off. So, as her number seven Trojans stare down two top 20 matchups this weekend, Alexa Philippou is here to explain what has fueled the rise of Juju and how, despite stiff competition, she may ultimately go down as the best of her generation. I'm Harry Lyles Jr. It's Friday, February 23rd. This is ESPN Daily.
Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. So, Alexa, where did Juju Watkins come from, and when did she start making her way to becoming a household name? Juju Watkins is a former number one recruit. She was a standout at Sierra Cannon. Probably saw her name thrown in a lot with Bronny James because he was also there as well. She's from Watts in L.A. and so was an L.A. native before she even committed to USC. And she has this really cool history of her great-grandfather being a, a central figure to the history of that neighborhood. And she played a lot in the park near her house that was named after her great-grandfather and that's where she helped develop her game and that led to tremendous success at Sierra Cannon that led to tremendous success for USA Basketball. She won two gold medals for their youth teams over the last few years and of course was the MVP of both those teams too. She had a Nike deal before she even got to USC. She signed with Clutch which is the same agency that represents Asia Wilson, the two-time WNBA MVP. So even before she got to USC, she was a pretty big deal. But then obviously that took it to a whole nother level when she has done what she's done so far with the Trojans. So Juju Watkins, who is she as a player? Because I think one of the beautiful things about basketball is every player's game is like a snowflake. I'm not really trying to be funny there, but like everybody is different. So what is her game like and why is everybody so excited about her? Wow, that was very poetic. Um, (laughs) Juju's snowflake formation, I guess you could say, would be she's a 6'2 guard, but she's just a big guard. She's really strong for that position. She has the guard skills of being able to see the floor, of being able to score, but she can also rebound like she's a power forward. I think she has the tools and the ceiling to be a really, really elite defender. And we've seen spurts of that already too, but uh, she can kill you from three like she did at Stanford. She is really great getting to the free throw line. Only Caitlin Clark shoots more from the charity stripe than her, but her mid-range game is really what makes her special. And she can kind of stop and pop and create space. And because she's 6'2", she's able to shoot over a lot of these smaller guards that are defending her in a way that, you know, when we think back to that Stanford game, no one was really able to stop her. One thing that USC head coach Lindsey Gottlieb has said is she trusts Juju's ability to make the right read on any given play. And sometimes that means passing. Sometimes that means taking more shots or taking fewer. Now, as the number one overall recruit in the class of 2023, she could have gone anywhere she wanted, and yet she ended up at USC. What ultimately was the deciding factor for her to stay close to home and become a Trojan? USC was one of three finalists for her. She was also considering Stanford, again, ironic with the 51-point game, and then South Carolina. Stanford being a program that's won three national titles. South Carolina has won two. But USC had not been basically on the radar, a powerhouse in any sense of the word in recent years. Of course, when we think about USC, we think about 
what they were in the 80s. And that that was what when they're at their height as a powerhouse. They had two national titles in the 80s. They had legends like Cheryl Miller and, you know, Tina Thompson, Lisa Leslie, the McGee twins, Cynthia Cooper that got their starts there. And so they were really the iconic women's basketball program in the 80s and in, into the 90s as well. But those days were long, long behind the program. USC hadn't seen much recent success before Juju committed there. They'd gone eight years without a NCAA tournament appearance. And even really beyond that, they hadn't made it past the first weekend of the tournament since 1994. And someone like Juju, being from LA and being able to stay home and revitalize this program is something that she takes enormous pride in. And she saw the vision that Lindsay Gottlieb, who had been there only a few years when Juju had committed, that there was a possibility to make USC great again. So it's a program looking for revitalization, but as she arrived on campus last year, how far along on that path was this specific roster and in turn this team? You can see the progression that they've made under Lindsay Gottlieb. And even before Juju got there last year, they went 21 and 10 and they went to the NCAA tournament as an eight seed. And though they lost in the first round, it was definitely a step in the right direction, just getting them back in the tournament overall. This year, the roster is, is pretty different for them. They were able to bring in Juju, obviously, but then surrounding her, they have three former Ivy League standouts. And having that experience and maturity around Juju has been really beneficial for her. And they are all about winning. So they're good with letting Juju do her thing and doing what they can to help Juju succeed, but the team win. And you can see that they're starting to put the pieces together to make it happen, maybe get back to where they want USC to be in their own time. November comes around. What was that first game with the team like? And did she meet the hype that we were seeing, you know, all summer? What was funny is that associate head coach Beth Burns reminded me that Juju didn't even make the preseason All-Pac-12 team. And I actually was like, how is that possible? I went back and fact-checked her and she was right. So maybe you could argue that Juju went under the radar at some level uh, before the season, but if there's any doubt whether or not she could translate or could make an impact at the college game, she kind of shred that right away in the first game of the season for USC. Padilla got through a deflection there. Juju rocking that. She scored 32 points against Ohio State, which was a team that went to the lead eight the year before. They were a top 10 team. Juju Watkins will step forward and Fukula Tacoma. Look at the face, though. She can't be guarded. Just the way she was unfazed in such a big moment in her first ever collegiate game and was able to do it against a team that had played at a high level in the tournament the year before. First of all, that was a move. That was a nice move. That was a move. Smooth gets to her hezzy with the crossover finish. A little, a little finger roll. I think that was a little finger roll. Juju Watkins, have yourself a day. She really hasn't taken her foot off the gas since then. Here's Juju. Oh, man, she just blows by. Wow. Right foot, left foot, right foot, wrong foot. She's had 10 30-point games in all, which ties... Cheryl Miller for the most of any USC player in program history for a single season. Pac-12 play, I think, has been, you know, had, had its ups and downs. When you look at where she was heading into the Stanford game, she actually really struggled uh, in the game before, which was against Washington. 
and had an off shooting night. And so she rebounded and had that 51 point performance in Palo Alto. And that kind of was a testament when I was talking to the team about how they felt like she's really able to not go get too high or get too low. She's a hard worker in the gym, always working on her shot, wanting to be coached, very coachable, wanting to learn her game and really take what she's learning about how to deal with all these Pac-12 defenses and and improving even mid-game or learning how to deal with it mid-game and, and going from there. You mentioned that Washington loss. Was that sort of a turning point for her? I think it, it could be described as as that. And it was point where the people within USC saw kind of something special was building coming off that game going into that Stanford game because Lindsay Gottlieb told us after that Stanford game where they won and Juju scored those 51 points that you know the night of the Washington loss she got a call from the security guard and you know in their gym and the team's gym and the security guard wanted to know whether or not to send Juju home because Juju is there at night getting shots up after this game after this three-point loss at home for the Trojans. And uh, Lindsay Gottlieb responded, no, let Jew be Jew. And even from that moment of just her dedication to try and get shots up and to get out of that little shooting slump, it was also something that Gottlieb mentioned about just her demeanor is what set her apart. And the way that she just wanted to commit herself to improving and getting better from that poor shooting night she had against Washington. And so maybe she didn't predict 51 points or see that coming, but she did see the, that Juju was doing all the tangible and and, intangible things that would help her have a really good bounce back game. And when she saw that first three go down against Stanford, she had a really good feeling and Juju kind of took it from there. Yeah. Sometimes all you got to do is, is see that ball go through the basket. Um, and you know, as a writer, you know, there's a difference between looking at something from afar and then having boots on the ground. And you recently spent a few days with the team talking with the coaches and Juju herself. What were some of the things that you picked up on while you were there? For as loud as her game is, she's pretty introverted and like on the shyer side. I love this quote that Beth Burns uh, had when I talked with her about Juju that off the court, she's chill, but on the court, she's a serial killer. And I thought that really kind of encapsulated everything I have to know about Juju. She's a humble star. She's coachable. That's something that all the coaches and, and teammates that I talked to really emphasize with her. And Beth Burns, again, she, she's been around the coaching rings for a while. And she's seen a lot of players over the years. But she said she almost can see elements of Diana Taurasi and Maya Moore in Juju Watkins. And she went right out said she's a generational talent. And that's a lot of, these are like huge names that we're comparing Juju to. We're, we're talking about Cheryl Miller and Lisa Leslie, Diana Taurasi, Maya Moore. But I genuinely think that this kid has elements of those players and is able to potentially be the next great women's basketball player. But to me, I'm really eager to see what happens next year when USC is in the Big Ten. They're going to be playing... Uh, and reaching more households. I think if Caitlin Clark leaves too, Juju can maybe even take that step and fill in some of that space of the big women's college basketball star. Uh, She has a swagger about her. I really think that next year in particular, it could be even like a greater perfect storm of, of all this attention on her. And I'm really eager to see how she does, how she takes that step from freshman to sophomore on the court 
I mean, how much better can you get? She's about to show us. And, you know, much has been made as to what Caitlin Clark's future is going to be, whether or not she goes pro or whether she stays in school. If she does stay in school, it now means we get a Big Ten game between hopefully, right, USC and Iowa, Caitlin Clark versus Juju Watkins, like probably doesn't get much bigger than that. Fair to say. Oh, man. I mean, honestly, sign me up. I will be there wherever, whenever that is, because that would be some incredible basketball. But hey, (laughs) if not in college, then uh, I think we're going to be seeing them in the WNBA for the years to come. It feels like a safe bet. Coming up, how far can Juju and the Trojans go in 2024 and beyond? Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. So Alexa, what are you looking for in USC's matchup against number 11 Colorado tonight? Yeah, well, USC lost their first meeting, which was in Boulder. And that was part of that three losses in four game stretch that we we're talking about earlier. But I'm really looking forward to see how Juju responds because she had a pretty tough shooting night the last time out against Oregon State going six for 32. And I I will say, though, even though she shot really badly that game, she did make an impact in other areas. She had 11 rebounds, six offensive boards. Uh, Gottlieb mentioned that she saw the best plus minus of the team and the Trojans did win that game. So it wasn't, you know, a total futile effort from Juju and the crew. But uh, I love Colorado, too. I love these Pac-12 teams are just really delivering this year. So I'm really interested to see how Colorado um, and USC face off in, in this game at the Galen Center. 
And Colorado's got some really good wins this season. Obviously, the one at the beginning of the season against LSU really stands out. What does the this Buffalo's team bring to the table, and, and what sort of a challenge do they present to her specifically? When you talk about Colorado, you have to start with Jalen Sherrod. She's their fiery, kind of gritty point guard, and her story is incredible. She didn't receive any Power 5 offers and, you know, ends up at Colorado. So she's kind of the head of the snake for them. But they're a team that they're kind of defensive minded in terms of like program culture. But their offense has been a real asset for them this year. They're able to kind of score inside. They have some shooters. Jalen and Sherrod can get downhill too. So they have different ways they can beat you. But when their defense is at its best, then that can be, you know, really tough to stop. So that's going to be a challenge. And again, the Pac-12 is throwing so many different defenses at Juju Watkins over the last few months that I think it's going to prepare her really well for the tournament, regardless of whether Juju can necessarily score 30, 40, 50 points any given night. I do think if she's able to impact the game in a lot of different ways, whether or not it's defensively on the glass, then that also bodes well for the Trojans. Yeah, it feels like this game could be a good good little taste test to see what sort of run this team could make in March. And, you know, we're less than a month away now from the start of the women's tournament. What kind of noise do you think that Juju and this team could make? I think with USC, they need other people around Juju to step up, especially when she's having those off nights. And Mackenzie Forbes is a player that's done that. Caleb Padilla has done that as well. But they're also a really uh, defensive-minded team. And that's part of the reason why they actually won the Stanford game, even aside from the... 51-point outburst was that they really were able to shut down Stanford's posts. And so in terms of long-term trajectory, I'm the sort of person who thinks if you have the best player on the floor at any given time, you can't count out that team. Now, I'm not saying that means they end up in Cleveland, but if Juju's hot and if they're able to do enough around her to get them going, then I don't know. USC can really make a run. We could see her really be one of the bright stars of March. With everything that you've talked about, it really does feel like USC is is capturing the type of resurgence that many programs across really honestly all of college athletics try to capture. And with that said, you can kind of project where a team's going to be at because of recruiting and other different measures. What can we expect out of Juju and this program beyond 2024? What's really exciting for them is that they have six top 100 recruits coming in this upcoming year. And so they right now have the top ranked freshman class. And when we again, I I know we have talked about kind of comparing Juju to Clark, but that's going to be a collection of talent that Clark never necessarily had the ability to work with. And if they all kind of come together, they can help get USC back to where they want to be. So I'm really interested to see what they look like when there's more talent around her because I know we've talked a lot about the scoring record and can Juju beat Caitlin's record, but she might not have to put up as many points necessarily if there's a lot of talent around her. For me, the goal while Juju's there is to get to the final four. And Lindsay Gottlieb has openly said that the goal long-term is to win a national championship. And I just think with a player like Juju, an experienced coach like Gottlieb and the talent they're coming in, that you know that's well within the realm of possibility. And how much more weight does this hold as they transition into the Big Ten? Because I do think that that is something that sort of gets lost in this because that's that's not a small move by any means. Would you want to play Juju Watkins and USC in the Big Ten if you're, you know, Iowa or Indiana or Ohio State? I don't mean I, I don't think I would. Certainly not. 
So we'll have to see. <laughs> but when we're talking about Juju Watkins and her ultimate impact. We are going to be talking about what she does in the WNBA. And I, I think one of the things that people say when they've watched her this year is that this kid looks like she could play in the WNBA right now. As I was watching Juju put down 51 points at Stanford, I was talking with different WNBA scouts and evaluators, and I posed the question to them, if Juju Watkins could go into the draft this year, again, she can, this is a moot point because of the eligibility rules, where would she go in the draft? And pretty much all, all the people I talked to said, basically top three, oh, maybe she'd just go behind Caitlin. And then there were some that even said she'd go one. Wow. That's right. That she'd go one above Caitlin Clark. And again, these are just a few people I talked with in the WNBA. But the fact that people are talking about her in that sense and see that ceiling for her at a pro level is pretty remarkable. And if you don't take my word for it, LeBron actually was at one of her games this year. And he told the LA Times, I think it was shortly after that, that Juju Watkins is the next greatest thing in women's basketball. Let's take Sue Bird's word for it. She did an interview with Athletic recently and she was talking about Kaylon Clark, but she ended up segueing to Juju. And she said that Juju could, quote, arguably end up being one of the best players ever. I'm not saying that loosely. It's because of the way she's starting her career. She's not even done the first chapter yet. So we'll just have to see how she's able to go out on a high note there. It's hard to argue with the results so far. That is for sure. I would agree with that. (laughs) Alexa, thank you for your expertise as always. And I am certain we will hear from you in March. Sounds like a plan. Thanks, Harry. I'm Harry Lyles Jr. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Bruce Baldwin, Ashley Brown, Bradford Craig, Andrew Hahn, Alexander Hyacinth, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, and Phoebe Untermann. Special thanks to Tiffany Green and Jackson Agello. We'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>